Welcome to another edition of the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C. Joined this week by my co-host, the chairman, Stephen Vincent. Cam could unfortunately not make it today. And it feels like it's been a week. It feels like it's been longer than a week. But we are here to talk about the fallout from the Royal Rumble and everything that happened on Raw and SmackDown this past week. Going from pretty much, you know, Rumble through uh, all the way to SmackDown. And, of course, the big story, the big storyline is the Bloodline Sami Zayn story, which main event the Royal Rumble. Rumble uh, neither Rumble match invented it the men's one started the show the women's one was the second last one on the show but and of course roman reigns beats kevin owens roman reigns uh is beating down kevin owens has him handcuffed to the ropes and he wants sammy to be the one to deliver the chair shot and sammy's telling them that's enough that's enough and roman or, sorry roman wanted to keep doing it but then sammy's like no that's enough that's enough and then sammy's or roman's like you do it go ahead and then he went to go do it. He hit Roman Reigns in the back of the chair with a very similar reaction from Roman to when uh, Seth Rollins did it when he broke up the shield. And then uh, everybody, you know, the, Jimmy and Solo Sequoia start going after Sammy. Jay decides to leave and says he's done, uh, you know, because Jay is now with Sammy. I has Sammy on side on Sammy's side. It seems like at least he tweeted, I think, or put on Instagram that he was done with the bloodline. Uh, this week and then this past Friday on Smackdown we've got Roman Reigns out to cutting a promo and then Sami Zayn comes out and attacks him from behind Roman gets the upper hand and then uh, the crowd was molten they wanted Jay to come out but Jay did not come out and we're getting Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn in Sami Zayn's hometown of Montreal uh, for Elimination Chamber and I got to say, this could be this match could be the one of the most heated matches we've seen in a non-Big Four paper uh, premium live event, excuse me, in a long time. I mean, you got to figure you think Sammy's not going to win, but that crowd is going to be molten hot for him, and it is pretty much going to be, I think, appointment TV for almost any wrestling fan, even if you haven't really watched a lot of the WWE in a long time. Especially if you assume that Sami Zayn's going to be coming out to his old music, maybe uh, when he was his debut, and he was a good, like, the happy-go-lucky good good guy. I am very much looking forward to this, and I got to feel you're kind of in the same boat, Chairman. Oh, this is the biggest uh, story in wrestling right now and probably in the last you know few years even like this has been fun like Sami Zayn has been must see tv for the last several months and you know i've always had an uneasy feeling every time with Sami Zayn that the bloodline was going to turn on him like it felt like i was walking on eggshells because i felt i was gonna feel so horrible when Sami got turned on but it was Sami that kind of turned on them because roman reigns put him like you said in a bad position and he didn't want to deal those blows to Kevin Owens and, you know, Romans are pie face and Sammy and Sammy kind of snapped. I mean, the setup was a little slow, but we all knew it was coming, but then, you know, that was like the big shock, but the bigger surprise almost to me was Jay Uso walking out. I was like, what, what, what's going on here? I mean, we all saw Jay and Sammy, mostly Jay, of course, you know, those two clashed, like Sammy always tried to be his buddy, but Jay wanted a part of it. And I think Jay has some flashbacks of when Roman was kind of, belittling him and Sammy stood up to Roman, which is something Jay never really did. You know, Jay obviously wasn't on SmackDown. They do have a tag team title match coming up. So there's a lot of questions going on is, is Jay going to no show and leave Jimmy by himself? And does Solo Sequoia maybe have to step in and take the place of Jay in the title match? I mean, I know a lot of people are kind of thinking, you know, WrestleMania season and, you know, we are, I mean, we're going to get a little ahead here, but we'll get back to it. But, you know, Cody Rhodes is obviously lined up for Roman Reigns at WrestleMania and of course, I think Roman did a good job, you know, putting the focus on Cody, 
and saying, you know, the promo by Roman on Friday night was amazing. It was fantastic work by him to put all the heat, you know, on Sammy, basically, like saying, you know, I need to take care of Cody Rhodes. He deserves my attention. But Sammy Zayn, you know, he's like a cockroach, basically, you know, and he's got to take care of him. And then the way that Roman set the match up, you know, after he beat him down is like saying, hey, I'm going to destroy you in front of your family, your friends and everybody, you know, like he didn't have to give him a title match. You know, most heels do. But Roman, knowing that they were in Montreal, he picked this spot to do it this is huge this is amazing i mean if sammy wins the place will blow up but i mean i don't see that happening but i'm along for the ride in the aftermath and you know kevin owens obviously is gonna be in play here the jay uso situation is a question mark there's a lot of good stuff going here this is a must-see story yeah i mean it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out especially because i don't even know if the usos can get into canada with their DUI, DWI situation. I feel like maybe one of them can and one of them can't. I don't know off the top of my head which one it would be. But, you know, they're going to, crowd is going to be expecting Jay. It's going to be, you know, he's probably, I got it. I mean, I have a feeling I saw a report that Solo Sequoia and Jimmy worked a tag match, I think, after SmackDown on Friday. So you could see a situation there where maybe Solo fails in for Jay and you're just keeping Jay off TV for a while. But, I mean, you don't even know. I'm like, Sammy's got his own story. Jay's got his own story. Jimmy's now, and Jay have their own story. It's like Solo Sequoia, who's was on NXT what's he, when it was Clash of the Castle back in September. I mean, Solo Sequoia is a star right now at this point. And he just pretty much was a star the second he debuted because he debuted with Roman Reigns in a Roman Reigns match. And he's like pretty much the silent assassin killer of the bloodline. And he's coming off as a very serious threat. You have all of that going on here. So, you know, there's so many different stories, so many different webs that can be, you know, tied off from this. And it's just, you know, easily the best storyline WWE has done since... I don't know, Summer of Punk, maybe? And that fizzled out like, very quickly. This has been going on now for well over... I mean, Sammy's involvement has been closer to since this past summer, but the whole Bloodline thing, going back to even the Jay storyline, like Chairman pointed out, has been going on for well over a year. It goes back to the Thunderdome era, if you think about that. And it's just been so good. There hasn't really been, at least in my opinion, like I can think of, a miss in this whole storyline at all. And like you said, it's been appointment TV, even the shows where Roman Reigns isn't there and you just get Sammy and the Usos and Solo. It's still been good because of the work of Sami Zayn. And I'm 100% fine with the way this is playing out with Sammy getting his title shot at Elimination Chamber. I know we talked about him possibly getting it at WrestleMania, and that's been kind of a point of discussion on the show for a while. But I'm I'm kind of now to the point where I think the reaction in such a smaller venue in his hometown in Montreal is going to be better than what we would see at uh, possibly WrestleMania. What do you think, Chairman? Yeah, I definitely could say that's a good thing because you know this is all about him. Like WrestleMania, you're focusing on so much because it's the biggest spectacle of wrestling. You know, you're going to have so many matches, so many celebrities, whereas this event is pretty much going to be focused on Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn. You know, this could definitely catapult Sami Zayn into the next level based on how this goes. And, I mean, you hear the dirt sheets will say, well, Vince and Triple H don't see Sami as an alpha, blah, blah, blah. But I disagree, and I think a lot of fans would disagree. And, you know, there's going to be arguments from now until WrestleMania whether or not it should be Cody Rhodes or Sami Zayn facing Roman Reigns. I've heard people wanting to do night one and night two. Roman fights both of them. I've heard triple threat match, you know, and I'm, I don't want to do all of that. You know, Cody rightfully won the Royal Rumble. He should get that shot at WrestleMania. I'm fine with Sami getting the opportunity here at the Elimination Chamber. And, you know, we'll see what happens. It's a lot of good stuff. And I think everybody, you know, where those three wrestlers will be on top of their game after this is all said and done. They're in great spots. They're going to carry this. And, you know, it includes Jey Uso. 
you know, still a Sequoia, Jimmy, Paul Heyman, you know, who else could be brought in? I'm, I'm starting to wonder if Rikishi's going to get brought in at some point between now and WrestleMania, because obviously he's the father of the Usos and Solo. So there's a lot of moving parts, you know. The Rock may show up at some point between now and Mania. Who knows? Um, I'm, I'm all up for this ride. This is going to be fun. Yeah, and I'm, I'm guessing, and I'm sure you probably think this too, Sherman, that it's your, I mean, it's, I'm thinking it's going to be Sammy KO versus Usos for the tag titles uh, at, at Mania. Do you think that should main event the first night, or would you rather see, uh, we'll get into it later, maybe the women's match main event? Um, I have no problem if they would do the tag title match, but I feel to the respect of Rhea Ripley and Charlotte with Rhea winning the Royal Rumble. You know, they say, you know, you win the Royal Rumble, you get the main event slot. And, you know, this is the biggest women's match, you know, on the card. This should take precedent for main event in one of the nights, probably night one, whereas Roman and Cody will close on night two. I mean, you could definitely open one of the nights with the tag title match. But, you know, then again, this Jey Uso thing, maybe he doesn't come back. Maybe he does. We don't know. I mean, this could be Solo Sequoia, Jimmy Uso defending his KO and Sammy, or it could be Sammy and Jay in a really weird, crazy situation. You know, they might lose the titles before Mania, and you could have Jimmy Uso versus Jay Uso at WrestleMania. That would be a dark horse match that no one's talking about, and that would be the spot to do it. Oh, man, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you could 100% do a match like that uh, at WrestleMania. I mean, you can't really do a six-man, obviously, because Roman will be defending the title. But, yeah, I mean, there's, like we just talked about, there's so many possibilities with this storyline now to play forward going forward that, I mean, everything, it's, it's so interesting and so engaging. And then we also have, like we said, Cody Rhodes won the Men's Royal Rumble opening the show, Cody winning from the number 30 spot because apparently he wasn't even cleared to wrestle until the day of the show, which... I don't know if I really fully believe that. I mean, you know, could, there could be some pot truth to it, but I would lead more, excuse me, I'd be lead more to the fact that I he was probably clear long, especially since they were building up his return for the show. I don't think they would have done all those build-up promos for it and then just had him, like, possibly not get clear. That doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, but Cody wins from 30. Uh, some pretty impressive stuff in that Rumble overall. Uh, what were your thoughts on the men's Rumble, Chairman? Um, overall, it was fine. I mean, it was the right person won, I thought. I mean, I looked at the field, and we've pretty much called the Cody shot for how long. Like, you know, just looking at who was in the Rumble and who Roman, you know, would face at Mania. I mean, there was a couple options, like Seth Rollins maybe, but, you know, it, in the end of the day, it was going to be Cody, and Cody comes out at 30. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, that's so predictable. But it's like, okay, this dude just came off a serious injury. You really think Cody Rose is going to come in, like, number four or number seven or something? Like, he's going to come in towards the end. Like, be real, guys. I mean, the only thing that kind of annoyed me, I guess, is like, well, we announced the Cody Rose early because we had all these big surprises. And then I felt that was a big letdown. Like, you know, we bring Booker T in for a spot. And Logan Paul's an ass. I hate that guy. Sure, the ricochet spot was cool, but he missed my boy Seth, and now Seth's going to be wasting many of him probably. But, like, other than that, you know, you had pretty much, like, a lot of wasted rumble spots, I felt like. No, very little surprises. And it's like, you had guys like, you know, Elias and Blotus and Chad Gable. It's like, I would have rather seen, like, some NXT guys come in or some legends come in because, like, that would have been more fun than guys you know I absolutely have absolutely no chance. I mean, at least, like, guys like, you know, in the early... There's a lot of big boys in the early part of the Marvel, too. Like, your Gunther, Sheamus, McIntyre, you know, Lesnar, Lashley. Like, you know those guys have a chance to win because of who they are. But, like, some of those guys are just throwaways. But I felt like 
a lot of the alphas were in early. Like, you know, Guther, you know, he's a badass. He made his mark here. I mean, if anything, if, other than Cody winning the Rumble, Guther going pretty much from number one to the very end, like, that was a breakout performance. Like, that dude should be a world champion someday. Like, that was, you know, a big moment for him, I thought. If anything to take away from this Rumble besides Cody winning is Gunther's performance. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he came in at number one and did so much from the number one spot. I remember when Edge won back in, what was it, the Thunderdome era? Uh, so that'd be, what, 2020? And I said, or probably said 2021, I don't even remember. I think it was 2021. Um, and Edge came in from number one and won the match. And I was just like, like, all right, like, you were there, but you don't, you didn't really do anything that whole match. I remember saying that on the show afterwards. Like, I barely remember seeing Edge do anything. Where it seemed like Gunther was always involved in the action, always chopping the shit out of somebody. He had that brief stare down with Brock Lesnar. It didn't really lead to much, because I think Lashley came out right away after that. But, you know, him and Sheamus were going at it back and forth. He had a, like a 10 minute match with Cody afterward, which felt a little weird, but I like the, I like retrospect, like watching it live. I was like, okay, okay, come on, let's get to this. Let's get to this. Like, but afterwards, and I watched it again. I was like, okay, this is kind of good. Like it went a little longer than the Shawn Michaels undertaker match, like little mini match they had uh, at the end of the 2007, I believe it was Royal rumble. I probably would have maybe trimmed a minute or two off it, but I guess maybe you want Cody to work out some ring rust, but yeah, I mean, Gunther looked good. Sheamus looked good. You know, you got there's rumors that it's going to be Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre at uh, WrestleMania this year for the Intercontinental title. So that should be a sla- uh, banger, as Sheamus would say. Uh, like Chairman mentioned, you know, you got a Seth Rollins, Logan Paul story coming out of this. You know, there was talk that they wanted to do Logan Paul Cena, but with like Logan Paul, you obviously want to be able to practice and build up that match. And then with John Cena being out filming a movie and probably not coming back till March, if he's going to do WrestleMania, you can't really do too much practicing, obviously, with Logan Paul there. So, I mean, I expect it to be a good match. Logan Paul is over delivered so far and Seth being the great worker he is, I fully expect it to be. I don't even want to say a sleeper match tonight because there's a possibility it could just be a good match of the night. Uh, but uh, I gotta also got to mention, you know, I think it's kind of time to end the Cody Rhodes uh, spot. Or not Cody Rhodes, excuse me, the Kofi Kingston spots. I mean, for the second year in a row, the poor guy tries to jump onto the chair and then the chair tumbles over and he's eliminated. And it's like, OK, like I was getting sick of him as it is. And I just watched that happen live, and I'm just like, oh, poor Cody, or poor Kofi. I'm like, come on, buddy. You couldn't have done that. I think that, I feel like the chair was even a little out of place and too far for him, and it was just, uh, it didn't end up working there in the end for Kofi. But I kind of ran through those WrestleMania matches that built out of this card, Chamber. What do you think of this card so far, at least from the men's side of things? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some uh, potential here. Um, I guess the one thing that kind of bummed me out was Rey Mysterio not running in like after Cody, you know, at some point and eliminated Dom. I felt that could have added another layer to that story versus him not coming out at all. But you know, the Judgment Day Rey Mysterio stuff's been fantastic. I'm sure we're gonna get Edge and Finn again. Maybe they'll add a stipulation, you know, like Hell in a Cell or something. I don't know. But I mean, that's kind of the stories that I'm navigating towards. Uh, Steph Rollins and Logan Paul might be fine. I'm sure, but. You know, I'm bummed out for Seth Rollins because he's been striving for that main event WrestleMania spot. And once again, it's not in the cards. And, you know, I think it's feeling for him because, like, he's been there for 10 years now. And, you know, you've had guys like Cody Rhodes and Drew McIntyre leave, come back, and they're getting main event Mania spots and he's not. So you got to be a little bitter, I think, if you're Seth Rollins. But, I mean, obviously, being in a Logan Paul spot, you know, is going to give him some more exposure, I guess, because Logan Paul's a big media guy with his energy drinks and his controversial things he does online so i guess 
you know, maybe next year for Seth, but yeah, I mean, the window's going to be closing here for him too, though. I mean, you know, he's getting in his late thirties, you know, and you know, he's got a kid with Becky. It's like, Shinder get off the pie. Maybe I never see him punk who we called out right before Royal Rumble, which I thought was entertaining too. Oh yeah. I saw the interview where he said he didn't want CM Punk back because he would be a cancer in the locker room. Uh, yeah, that's a little interesting. I'm surprised he, well, the interviewer asked it, so I guess I'm not really too surprised he mentioned it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so I, like, I'm looking forward to Mania on the men's side. Obviously there's stuff you can add, uh, probably Lesnar Lashley too, since I forgot Lashley eliminated Lesnar. So a lot of stuff to look forward to again in a, possibly well-built mania and then of course on the women's side of things you had Rhea Ripley win the rumble from the number one spot Rhea started at one Liv started at two and both of them were there at the end we got Asuka in the murder clown uh, like kind of uh, kind of look which everybody was hoping she'd come back with and she did so that's exciting we've got so we got Rhea calling out. I thought for sure Rhea, and I think we talked about it, Rhea, would, or Rhea winning. We hope she'd call out Bianca Belair. But she ended up going with Charlotte Flair. I mean, there's history there, obviously, with them fighting for the NXT title at uh, one of the fun, at the Thunderdome WrestleMania. So Rhea is looking to get a, probably a win back over Charlotte. So that's fine there. As long as she wins, I really hope she ends up winning, obviously. But we have a, we have a few months still to talk about that. But... I mean, good performance from Rhea, uh, decent performance from Liv. Uh, like I said, Asuka was great. Uh, fucking Nia Jax coming back at 30 and not being able to do her first two spots back in the match. I'm just like, come on. Like, even my wrestling friends who were there and don't know a thing about wrestling were like, and she messed that up. And I'm like, yeah, she definitely uh, messed that up. Uh, we had Roxanne Perez. You had Indy Hartwell. There was one more NXT person that I'm blanking on that I cannot remember who else It's Zoe Stark, so it's not relevant. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's why, that's why I couldn't remember who it was. But Rhea, like I said, Rhea already called. I'm glad they already had Rhea call her shot on Raw Monday and not worry about stretching that out for like a month so then they could set up the Elimination Chamber. So the winner of the Women's Elimination Chamber gets to fight Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's title, which is exactly what they should be using the Elimination Chamber for. So, uh, yeah, Rhea gets the star-making performance that we all said she deserved and hoped she got, and she got it. What are your thoughts, Chairman? Oh, I was excited for, you know, I was happy for her. I mean, that's someone I've been, you know, supporting for how long now? I saw her coming at one. I'm like, oh, no. Like, I just felt like I felt so bad. I'm like, there's no way she's going to win from one because the odds are against her. And then she did. And it's like, you're almost better off coming in at one than, like, how many of these other numbers? It's like, there's more winners from one than how many other numbers? It's, it's kind of funny to me because, you know, you're in there the longest, you know, but. Yeah, I mean, Liv had a solid performance as well. You know, she's, you know, kind of building up from her, you know, championship run last year. You know, I felt this Royal Rumble spot kind of got her back in the conversation again. You know, she kind of fell off a little bit after losing the title, but having this performance at the Rumble helps Liv Morgan. And SmackDown definitely needs some elevation. So the big question is, obviously, you know, I'm disappointed that Rhea, you know, didn't take Bianca because that's the match I wanted to see personally, but... You know, obviously the story is there with Charlotte, you know, a few years ago when Rhea was NXT champion, Charlotte picked her, Charlotte beat her, which was a terrible decision on its own right. But, you know, Rhea can right that wrong here and beat Charlotte, but obviously Rhea's affiliate of Raw. So if she wins, then does she go to SmackDown, which they obviously need a boost in their women's division. But then Judgment Day is all in Raw, so do they follow or how's that going to work? There's a lot of questions, you know, from that alone. But I mean... You know, we talk about the Royal Rumble, you know, Bailey and Becky Lynch, you know, they kind of knocked themselves all out early, 
So, I mean, when you took those those two out, you know, heavy favorites probably as well, right after Rhea, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of star power in this Rumble kind of after they went out. I mean, Asuka's badass look, by the way, big fan of that. I see her being the one that champs Bianca Belair. Um, she'll win that Elimination Chamber match, I think, the way it looks right now. You know, Chelsea Green kind of came in and out. That was kind of funny, too. But, you know, all in all, I think, you know, the Women's Rumble was a success. And Dewdrop is no more. She got her name back, Piper Nevin. So thank you for that, because Dewdrop literally sounds like something you do in the toilet. Like, that name was the worst. Like, who would have thought that? She never created a name again. But I think, you know, with them, like you said, getting Rhea's opponent for Mania set, getting the Elimination Chamber set up with, you know, a lot of good stuff going for the Women's Division. Lots of headway going, so exciting times. Yeah, so the Elimination Chamber match as it stands right now is Asuka, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, Raquel Rodriguez, and Natalia. And then the last spot is going to be filled by a fatal four-way match that takes place uh, on Raw this coming Monday, which is Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, Piper Niven, and Carmella, who is coming back. Kind of got a favorite there, Chairman? Um, honestly, out of that field, I really don't care. I mean, when Natalia won the other night, I just started laughing. I'm like, oh, they're in Canada, so of course they're going to give her that opportunity. Um, I mean, Carmella's back, whatever. Um, I don't know. I feel like Piper might be the one they put in there just because, you know, they just need like a inner circle force in there. You know, I, I just feel like she might be the favorite to win that. Yeah, I think I'd probably rake them Piper. Carmella, just because she just came back, Candice, and then Mia Yim. That's the order I would put them in right there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's good to see that. And then I got it, you know, the rumor is that EO Sky and, um, and Dakota Kai are going to be defending the women's tag team titles against Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey, which I'm sure just thrills you, Chairman. Um, but that kind of leaves, you know, your Becky and Bailey. I mean, if they throw that feud all the way out to WrestleMania, it's going to be weird because they're planning to redo the steel cage matches coming Monday on raw. So I don't know what they can do to up the ante with either one of those women to keep this thing going. I mean, we saw Bailey call out uh, Seth this past Monday on raw talking about, uh, I forget exactly what she said, but basically implying, I think she didn't, she kind of implied that Seth wanted her or something. And then I think I saw her post a photo on Instagram of her and Seth, her hugging Seth Rollins. So I guess you can make it a little personal like that, but I don't even know if you can stretch even that kind of story out for two months, but obviously Becky and Bailey are going to be on this card, but you think they can make that work for this long? I mean, you can knock, you know, somebody off TV for a few weeks, which should probably be Becky. I mean, that's really the only way I could see it. I mean, it's going to be tough to get from here to there. I mean, I guess it's only like, what, 60 days of that, that it's not too long, but I mean, I'm sure they probably won't have the match. And then what will probably happen is the infamous um, MJF gauntlet, I like to call it. Cause that seems to be the trend nowadays. Bailey will be like, if you want to wrestle me at WrestleMania, you're going to have to beat EOS guy. And then you're going to beat Dakota Kai. So Becky will probably run those like gauntlet for like two weeks. And then after that, I don't know, but that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, and then the last two performances, or last two matches, I'm not going to talk about performances that fucking Hardy guy. I'm like, God, I'm glad I was going back to my house to watch the rest of the, the main event afterwards because I would have probably just driven my head through a wall if I had to watch that performance. And from all things I heard about it, it got shit out universally in the crowd too. Um, so we have uh, we had Bianca Belair defeat Alexa Bliss, and we had Bray Wyatt beat LA Knight. Kind of almost like similar stories where you had, after Alexa lost, you had the Uncle Howdy character trying to like, the vi- some video package talking about uh, like her coming like to go to the evil side so there's that still story going on 
I mean, the Mountain Dew Lights Out match was whatever. I actually didn't mind, like, that neon light setting. I thought it was kind of cool. Like, the whole Mountain Dew splatter stuff just looked kind of weird. But, like, I didn't mind the actual, like, glow and everything. I Like, I'm like, okay, this is kind of different. Like, whatever. It's, like, a small part of the show. It's not like it's the whole thing. Of course, then you had Uncle Howdy completely miss that drop from uh, the top of the that setup uh, fake stage over there. And you can tell he just completely missed even coming close to anywhere to L.A. night. Missed him by a good foot or two. Um, so that didn't uh, do its best to look good at all either. Um, but obviously we're going to have Bray and Alexa tied into the story here. And I still don't know where these two could be going for wrestling. I mean, Alexa is kind of like, you know, whatever, but you got to figure Bray's getting some kind of match at WrestleMania. And it seems like a lot of the top people are locked up, uh, as far as matches go. So I have no idea what the plan is there, but, uh, those last two matches, chairman, what were your thoughts? Uh, filler. I mean, it really didn't matter to me. I mean, you watch the Royal Rumble to watch the Royal Rumbles, and if there's a really good world title match, you know, you're going to watch that. I mean, Bianca and Alexa were just in a bad spot. I mean, we probably could have not even had the match, and nobody would have noticed, unfortunately. Same with uh, Bray Wyatt and uh, LA Knight. You know, Dark Light, Black Light, Mountain Dew, Pitch Black. I mean, those matches were just filler, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mean, you know Bianca's going to win, so that's kind of alone why I really didn't care about that match and this Bray Wyatt stuff's been kind of disappointing honestly you know he came back I was excited but it's like I don't know I just feel like it's I need something more out of this I guess if I'm going to get invested in this story you know there's a lot of other stories going on and like you said I don't know who Bray Wyatt's going to face at Mania um I, I have no idea Shane McMahon I think is Uncle Howdy that's the rumor going around anyway but um hopefully this gets better hopefully he gets an opponent that makes it more interesting, I guess, but I haven't been very impressed the last month or so. Where did you see the rumor that I did not see that? It's Shane McMahon's Uncle Howdy? It, it was a joke. So oh, okay. Because of the high spot, you know. And Oh, okay, yeah, I get it now. That makes sense. Okay, the fact that he did such a jump. All right, yeah, I gotcha. I yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be, though. could be. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, why not? Um, you know, of course, Bo Dallas isn't known for his high jumping either. So if it was Bo Dallas, then it also kind of makes sense. Uh, yeah, like you said, they were just kind of like Alexa, unfortunately, was just filler. I mean, Charlotte wasn't even on the show defending her title. You really didn't have to do it with Bianca either. You could have done something else. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I've enjoyed the Rumble. I mean, yeah, the lack of surprises didn't really help, especially in the men's match. But uh, I thought, you know, it was a good, solid, I mean, it went long. I feel like it was almost, it was over four hours by the time it was over. But, you know, a good, solid match, a good, solid Rumbles, you know, awesome, a good main event, awesome ending. So just positives there all around. And, of course, we're now building to Elimination Chamber, which is taking place uh, on February 18th. Wow. So we are two weeks away. Two weeks from yesterday is when Elimination Chamber is going to be taking place. Of course, we already mentioned the uh, Roman Reigns-Sami Zayn match. We already mentioned the Women's Elimination Chamber. The other Elimination Chamber match is going to be for the United States Championships, which is Austin Theory defending against uh, the three people that won qualifying matches on Raw, Seth Rollins, Johnny Gargano, and Bronson Reed. And then there are two other qualifying matches this coming Monday on Raw that are that will fill the last two spots. We have Al, uh, Angelo Dawkins taking on Damian Priest and Montez Ford taking on Elias. Um, my money would probably be on Damian Priest and Montez Ford. 
Um, you know, I think four. If that was another one, by the way, a wasted spot in the Royal Rumble. Montez Ford could have had some kind of breakout performance, and then he just kind of was in, and then like was thrown out within a minute, just unceremoniously over the top rope. I don't even remember who did it, but I was like, oh, that was it. Okay. Uh, so that was kind of a wasted spot. I think he actually even got eliminated right in front of Bianca Belair's parents. Uh, that was just kind of funny. But I would probably lead toward Montez Ford and Damian Priest to get the spots here. And I think it itself could be a really good chamber match. I mean, you know, you got Seth, you got Johnny Gargano in there to kind of lead things. Uh, you got Bronson Reed as your heavy. You got Damian Priest and... Um, and Austin Theory, you know, who can hold their own. And you've got, uh, if you have Montez Ford going into the last spot, you got somebody in Ford who has star potential and could probably hit a frog splash off the top of one of the chambers. Um, it has the potential to be a really, really good wrestling elimination chamber match. Um, I don't think they'll do one for the Intercontinental title. And actually, there's a fatal four-way that's coming Friday on SmackDown to determine the Intercontinental title for Gunther, I think, at Elimination Chamber, which is... Karrion Cross, Rey Mysterio, Madcap Moss, and I am blinking on the last person, but I know there is... Santos a... Escobar. Santos Escobar, that's who it was. Thank you very much. Uh, but what do you think about this U.S. title uh, elimination chamber match, Chairman? Yeah, I was just going to say, Montez Forty and eliminated like super quick pissed me off. I'm like, there is so much opportunity of this guy to have a breakout performance, and they do him dirty like that. But yeah, I agree. Him and Damian Priest for sure are going to win. I mean... My Angelo Dawkins, you know, he's not Montez Ford. And yeah, I just, I don't know. This chamber match, it just scares me because I think Theory is going to probably retain at the chamber anyway. But it's cool to see uh, Bronson Reed back. You know, I'd like to see him kind of, uh, you know, carry on his momentum he had in NXT, hopefully. But yeah, I'm kind of more interested in the Intercontinental title scene right now. I think Gunther's been a fantastic champion, you know, and obviously he's knocking down challengers one by one. Though I feel like Mad Cat Moss is a complete waste of a number one opportunity. You know, I kind of wonder if Rey Mysterio is going to win that match. And then uh, Dominic will uh, weasel his way in there and screw Ray over again, which would fuel their fire for the Mania match that was probably going to happen. That's kind of where I see that going, which I'm totally okay with. Cause, um, but yeah, speaking of uh, Dom and Ray real quick, though, what the hell did you think of that NASCAR skit on SmackDown? That was some cringy shit. <laughs> I actually, you got to have to tell me what happened because I actually did not watch uh, the most of SmackDown this week because I was out. Oh, I, like they like went to this racetrack and like they were like racing and then like Ray said he was gonna beat him, spank him like he was three years old and it, it was it was cringe. It was super cringe. Like oh. this is like a big mess there. Yeah, yeah, and they've been doing so well with Dominic and Ray. I mean. I got to give all the credit in the world to Dominic ever since he did the whole jail storyline talking about how he got so hard and like tough in prison and he was in there for one day and he's got the whole teardrop tattoo thing going now as well. Um, you know, all the credit in the world to Dominic. Even It was funny, though, when he was coming out for the Rumble, I'm pretty sure he was trying to rip up Ray's mask, and it looked like he could not do it at all. So he was just like kind of struggling in there to rip it off, and then I think he just started ripping up the feathers uh, instead. And uh, so that's kind of sucked. But, I mean, yeah, his his – character progression i mean in ring he's still obviously young i say i say the same thing about theory they're both young and they have a lot of ways to go out of ways to go to improve but his character work and even theory's character work i mean two guys that have kind of been like the whipping boys of this show i mean i'm still not fully in on austin theory but i think he's been doing great since he's gotten away from this chosen one vince mcmahon thing and then like i said dominic mysterio ever since being paired with judgment day and doing the stuff with Rhea. Uh, I think has been uh, leaps and bounds better as a character. What do you think, Chairman? 
Theory is still trash, always will be trash, but Dom has grown on me. I think like him getting like the Eddie Guerrero era mullet and then just as, you know, being associated with Rhea and the mommy storyline, you know, hanging up Priest and Finn, like he surrounded himself with some great people. And obviously, you know, behind the scenes, Dad's mentoring him too. But like he's around some great people, you know, elevating his character. Like Judgment Day could have potential to be a great faction if they let things keep going the way they're going. You know, let Mommy, you know, get a, that big title win at Mania. You know, let Finn get a big win at Mania. You know, get Priest, you know, something. And let Dom beat Ray. You know, I mean, there's there's lots of potential for that faction in 2023. Yeah, and it looks like we'll probably get Edge versus Edge and Beth Phoenix against Rhea and uh, probably Finn, I would guess, at Elimination Chamber. Uh, and then you'll probably get Edge versus Finn Balor at one of the nights of WrestleMania. I mean, there was talk of that being a Hell in a Cell match at the Royal Rumble, and it didn't end up happening. But maybe you do a Hell in a Cell match for those two at WrestleMania. But, I mean, I got to think. I mean, last year's WrestleMania, we said, was the best WrestleMania in, like, years. I think just looking at the build and what's there for this coming up WrestleMania, some of the matches we already talked about, we just said Edge and Finn Balor. I mean, John Cena possibly appearing. I think this is the most excited I've been for WrestleMania this early, and I couldn't even tell you then. Uh, What about you, Chairman? It feels like with Triple H at the helm that this card has been planned out for a while. Whereas I felt like, now granted last year's WrestleMania was good, but like, you know, the last couple of years before that though, I felt like WrestleMania didn't feel like a big spectacle. It felt like, well, it's WrestleMania season. Uh, we'll just get some celebrities, throw some matches together. Whereas like, I feel like a lot of this has been planned out. Like you could have had Diamond Ray fight by now, but you know, they did a good job of getting, you know, the path there. You know, obviously, you know, the bloodline story has been drug out and who knows which way that's going to go. But, like, I feel like Triple H is actually taking some time and energy into pathing out things. And, you know, unfortunately, injuries do happen. Obviously, AJ Styles was probably primed for something at Mania, whether they had that or not in stone. But, obviously, that's going to be pivoted away now. But, you know, injuries do happen. But I feel like, you know, the path has been pretty good. Most of the roster is healthy or coming back like Cody. So, you know, bearing any crazy situations, you know, we should have a fantastic WrestleMania, I think, this year. Yeah, and hopefully with no Vince in charge this year, we don't get uh, we don't get any. Uh, I don't know what my path is to WrestleMania like Seth Rollins did last year, and then Vince is like, "We just got to ask me," uh, like that. And then the year when John Cena didn't have anything and was in the crowd the whole time, uh, when then the Undertaker came out and they had like a two minute match. But I hopefully we don't get any of that. Uh, but yeah, like I said, just like with this rumored card and the rumored matches, and which like you said, with Triple H in charge and possibly being the one to like let these matches play out and actually let them have good matches at WrestleMania in LA, and uh, I think it has the potential to be a very fun topping last year's WrestleMania, like we just said, what we both we all universally uh, praised afterwards. Um, so yeah, that's going on kind of the lay of the land in the WWE right now. Um, not really too much to talk about in uh, AEW. We'll kind of probably focus more on that in the, like next week when we can finally catch up on it and maybe everybody on the show to kind of give any thoughts. But, I mean, to me, it's just like you have good wrestling matches, sure, but like there's really no substance or no story to anything. And, like, yeah, Paige and Tony Storm or Soraya and Tony Storm turned heel. Great. And, like, you got uh, Danielson trying to run through the gauntlet. You got MJF doing, uh, again, people don't have to rip on WWE for doing championship contenders matches. Now they're doing title eliminator matches on AEW, and nobody says a word about it because their favorite Takashita is in the match, and they don't care. Like, 
I don't know if you saw that interview, Chairman, that Tony Khan did with that awful cover. I think it was for Bloomberg. Oh, my goodness. Like, it's just like a weird, weird place right now for AEW, don't you think? It's it's sad, unfortunately. Like, I feel like they just rehash the same stuff. Like, every time someone fights MJF, they have to run, like, some freaking gauntlet. Like, I remember Jericho had to run one, Wardlow had to run one, and now Brian Danielson's got to run one. Like, can't we come up with something else? And then, yeah, it's just like, I feel like, you know, it's like you said, man, they have these great matches, sure, but, like, there's no depth to their characters at all. Like, they have, like, very minimal backstage interview segments. I I feel like the characters don't develop. All you really see is what's in the ring. And the characters that do get developed are such as, like, Jericho Appreciation Society. It's just, like, ultimate cringe. Like, in, like, one week you get this character on, and then one week this person's on, and then this person's gone for four weeks, and then, like, somebody comes back and like, Oh, I haven't seen this person in like two months. I mean, you know, cause I don't watch rampage. I don't watch the YouTube stuff. Like I just don't have time and you know, really don't care. But you know, it's just like, you got really weird feuds, really weird people in big spots. Like Kenny and the box are like gone half the time now. It's like, I mean, Dean Ambrose, or I'm sorry, John Moxley, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I was watching some old WWE earlier with him <laughs> in it, my bad. But, uh, you know, yeah, just, uh, you know, I don't know much more that guy can put that company on his back. Like, you know, even his stuff's getting kind of repetitive. I don't know. It's just, I'll watch it still. I mean, I hope he turns a corner, but, you know, right now, uh, Revolution doesn't look like something I want to spend 50 bucks for right now. Yeah, agree. I will say it's a cool thing they're going and start doing some house shows. I mean, I'm sure it's not going to be an every week thing. Maybe it's an every other week thing, but going to smaller cities that they don't normally go to, you know, get the wrestlers a little bit more work. You can get guys that like you want to get over or guys that are new to your company, get them a little bit more work on these house shows. And um, so that's fine with me. I like uh, that. And then just to end the show real quick, I know you probably didn't watch Vengeance Day, Chairman, but I would say if you haven't watched Vengeance Day, uh, go out of your way to watch the Wesley uh, Dijak match that opened the show. It was phenomenal. Uh, it was kind of re- reminiscent of old takeover matches where you see all these great moves. And then, like I saw somebody say that Dijak is pretty much a cruiser, uh, wrestles a cruiserweight style, but it's in a big man body. And it's true. He was he's great in there with Wesley. Um, everything else I saw, I kind of watched a couple matches after that. Everything else was fine. Um, you know, Brown Breaker retained the NXT title and looks like he's going to fight Carmelo Hayes probably in LA, which I'm also fine with because I think Carmelo Hayes is going to be a star. He's a star in the making. I've said that numerous times, said that last night on Twitter. Um, but yeah, go watch that match. And I'm sure you've probably seen the, uh, photos of Dijak's, uh, dislocated finger last night from Vengeance Day on there too. So, uh, if you, if you have, if you've seen that, it's definitely worth going out of your way to watch the match. But, uh, that is our show then for this week. We'll be back next week to talk about anything else going on in the world of WWE and probably catch up a little bit more on AEW as they build their way to revolution. So for my co-host, Chairman Stephen Vincent, I am Justin C. signing off, and we will talk to you guys next week.